1: up everybody welcome in to the OBR film breakdown it's a Saturday episode for your listening pleasure I'm your host Jake Burns I'm joined by Andrew Spade we're gonna do franchise mode here a day later than we normally do but that's okay still getting it out for the week and I think uh, there's minor stuff to talk about you know we try to take an NFL wide perspective and do as much of that as we can and get it back reeled into Browns related angles and there's some stuff but it's a really quiet the league right now kind of leading into the draft and that's usually the case then there's a lot of stuff to talk about after but Andrew as we start here not as quiet today because it got a little crazy around the sports gambling stuff to give you guys a heads up on uh, if you didn't pay attention or see it I guess uh, I would be a little surprised if you care enough to listen to a Browns podcast and didn't see this NFL news but uh, five players uh, the most notable of which is Jamison Williams the former ohio state buckeye he transferred to alabama and uh, was drafted by the lions i think they moved up into the top 10 or just outside the top 10 for him. i can't remember they moved up pretty significantly mm-hmm. uh, or or did I, I can't did they move up or did they just pick him at 20 i can't no, remember they no, traded, they, moved, or? they
2: moved up with the vikings they, it was an inter interdivision trade one of the two that they made with the vikings in the past year the other one being the Hawkinson yeah. deal and they moved up and it was one of those where the the vikings it was like a trade they traded their second uh, for the uh, for the fourth or something? No, that was the Hawkinson deal. I'm getting myself confused. But they did trade up with the Vikings. The Vikings got like two second rounders, I believe.
1: Yeah, they traded into the first round at least. We know yeah. that. So yeah. Williams was coming off of the ACL tear. And uh, I noted in our Slack today, somebody had put out that... Uh, so he suspended um, five, six games. So from what we gather around the six-game suspension, it seems like he placed a bet not on... An NFL game but he did it on you can you're allowed to gamble on other sports leagues but you can't do it from like anywhere team related so the team facility the locker room I guess the stadium would certainly count uh, team hotels or team flights is kind of it's kind of weird so I guess you have to just like get an uber to downtown somewhere and, and place a sports bet it's, it's a little bit strange <laughs> but it seems like the two guys from the lions uh, another wide receiver Stanley Berryhill uh, both were suspended six games and then two others C.J. Moore is a safety for the Lions. Quintess Cephas, another. They must have a wide receiver sports gambling channel. The yeah, they got a pool.
2: They got a pool uh, going on.
1: Yeah. Quintes Cephas, those guys were suspended uh, indefinitely. Those two, C.J. Moore and Quintess Cephas, uh, the, which the Lions just, just released them. So yep. that tells you how much they care about the efforts of those guys to just let them go. The only other one non-Lions related here is Commander's D.N. Shaka Tony. He was also indefinitely suspended. So any in indefinite suspension means those guys gambled on the NFL. in some way shape or form so uh, listen the news doesn't really have a huge impact other than Jamison Williams but it feels like this is the first we've seen since Calvin Ridley who was just berated uh, you know obviously wrote really uh, a great piece in the Players Tribune about self reflection on it and all that I think that in a sports gambling culture now that we're turning into as more and more states get in on this we're gonna see more of it Andrew And, and, and I'm certainly not surprised that we're seeing this today i guess i'm a little surprised this is the first we've seen since calvin ridley uh, it seems like some of these guys the two with the six game suspensions are a bit technicality based that maybe it serves as a stark reminder to other guys around the league you can gamble but you really have to be very particular about where you gamble on other leagues so it's a bit jarring especially seeing Jameson williams now who has only played Uh, I think he'll he'll miss 17 of his first 23 games as the Lions traded up 20 picks uh, slots to to draft him last year. That's tough, man. It's really tough. So what's your like immediate reaction to this?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, uh, the NFL has to have a policy like this. You know, I mean, uh, for the for the, you know, health of the game. Right. You cannot have you can't have players betting on. The sport that they're playing it's just not you know that's a road that that professional sports went down 100 years ago with the black Sox, and uh w- you know i mean for those for those that are not fans of of sports history uh several players for the chicago white Sox conspired with gamblers to throw the world series back in nineteen eighteen or 19 uh, did that get much I, coverage?
1: Did, did the news care about that event at all? Yeah, that was no? it.
2: Was yeah, it was it was com- compared to the cheating scandal around the Astros over the last few years, that was that um it, that was it was an earthquake and basically threatened the legitimacy of the sport. And so, you know, that's that's why Shoeless Joe Jackson never played baseball again. He he got a lifetime ban for his. Uh, all of the players did, but he was obviously the best player of the bunch. That uh, that's right. That's why he lives in a cornfield. <laughs> that's precisely yeah. to that yeah because yeah, that's you know rent's going up and and all you can really do is just sleep in the corn at that point so um <laughs> yeah uh it, it, so i i mean they have to take it seriously for that reason right and i think the other thing like this is new right because obviously sports betting is legal in more and more states as the as the years go by and obviously the the biggest thing that's changed is the rise of mobile gambling right like it's one thing if you got to go to a, a casino like that you're not going to get a lot of bets down if you got to drive to a casino but if you can just pick up your phone I mean you know I I think the majority of your listeners Jake are in Ohio it's legal there now so they know uh you know what it's like it's it's almost too easy and so it that's really going to change the way that these guys have to think about it but from another perspective there are you know um there are dumb arbitrary rules all over the NFL right about like how you wear your socks, you know, and like <laughs> uh you know the the your media obligations and you know uh when yep. you know the curfews and you know how you how, I mean I'm sure there's team team guidelines on like how you hydrate and all these sorts of things. So um this is just another example of you know being a player in the NFL is about learning to navigate a really complicated series of rules and regulations to make it work for you the best way that it can and i'm not saying like you know all these poor players i'm just pointing out that like this is a new set of rules and so anytime there's new rules people are going to break them there's going to be some high profile suspensions and then things are going to move on the the weirdest part of this to me is that it was so many players from the same team because that makes you think i mean you kind of joked about it being you know something in the wide receiver room but like legitimately it seems like the lions did not do as good of a job as other teams at informing and i mean i'm knocking on wood when i say that right because it obviously could be the browns next but it seems like they did not do a good enough job of educating their players about how this all works because four players from one team is that's unprecedented
1: i would suspect that there's been some of this that has maybe even happened i i I don't think I'm kind of conjecturing here in pretty significant amount, but I just wouldn't think many players know that. Like I I can't imagine. It feels like a huge technicality of where you can do this. I would be curious the actual specific locations of where the guys with the six game suspensions end up uh, ended up happening. Cause like, I feel like you may know, Hey, I know I can't do it in the locker room of the team facility. I can't do it on the plane. Like, you know what I mean? I feel like there could be, some uh, a misunderstanding there. So I'm I'm glad I'm just kind of personally glad it didn't happen to the Browns because it's, it sucks. I mean, imagine losing, you know, imagine trading for Elijah Moore just getting him and he's gone six games. Like, you know what I mean? Like that 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 would really be uh that would really be challenging. So I I'm this is a good reminder for the rest of the league. Uh certainly uh it sucks for Detroit, but you know, hey, are they interested in uh, maybe a, a second-round pick for like a Donovan Peoples-Jones? You know, could we talk about that? Do they, they? They seem to have lost several wide receivers here. Maybe they're uh, hungry for some 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 sort of trade. No, I'm just kidding. But but anyway, it is a good reminder for the rest of the league. Put it that way that that I think it can serve well for the Browns in terms of reminding them where they 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 can and cannot place bets. I I would be curious, Andrew. Who do you think the Browns? Uh, guy who would who would be most likely i'm just kidding we won't go down that road. But i have my guesses we don't need to share them but i have my guesses
2: yeah let's. i mean yeah let's let's try not to speculate about additional <laughs> problematic players on the browns roster we've got i mean as you kind of talked about with with john on your podcast uh yesterday you've we've got some already got some uh some guys that that like trouble a little bit too much so let's let's keep it at mm-hmm. that level and let's just hope that the browns do a good enough job of of you know sending out the company memo that says hey uh don't don't you know take that betting app off of your phone cuz it's it is one of those things right we just don't do it right like i mean if yes. if if the rules are this arbitrary where you can do it here but you can't do it here you know on other sports just don't do it just don't i mean it's not you know none of those guys i i would guess are like professional gamblers so it's just recreation it's like yeah. find a different form of recreation man
1: I would have to imagine also they're tracking where, like, are they oh, getting sure. with FanDuel, DraftKings, yes, and all of them? And yeah. here's yeah. the self, like that kind of seems. That's how
2: Ridley got busted. In, yeah,
1: in, invasive. You know, like yeah. the NFL I, I'm sure it's is in the tracking terms and here. conditions, right? It is. I, I'm totally. It's not that it's they probably not. probably know there. what you're
2: up to, Jake.
1: Well, that's true. <laughs> they'd, they'd see a lot of uh, negative profit, but like, <laughs> yeah, we should push this guy away from it for other reasons. Right, just um, to save you from yourself. So sports gambling. Think about it. Uh, when you come into the NFL, if you're going, you know, you're a podcast listener who's going to be drafted, maybe consider this. Uh, heed heed he, the warning of yeah. these guys Just for the Detroit delete Lions. Delete it off your phone. Only have it in a place like your home where you know yeah. you could you can do that sort of thing. Anyway, the next we we want to hit on the big buzz topic around the NFL is this S two cognitive test, right? So this is um a test that covers multiple different angles, and I know you had posted in the chat that. Uh, Dalton Miller did a great job over at PFN writing this really good up, job, what 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 the whole thing entails. And I want to pull that up. So it covers the following things in this cognitive test. And it's really taking place of the outdated Wonderlick test, which was, was terrible, uh, stupid, had no relevance. But this does it tests nine different uh, parts of uh, whatever, you know, whatever cognition you want to lay, label it. So uh, perception speed is the first second search efficiency. The third one is tracking capacity. Fourth one's visual learning. Fifth one is instinctive learning. Six is decision complexity. Seven's distraction control. Eight is impulse control. And nine is improvisation. So that's what they're testing you on. And uh, it certainly has relevance to what the quarterback position will be doing uh, at any given moment. A lot of different things you have to remember. You have to adjust to. You have to be able to see on the fly and um, be able to figure out quickly, right? That's all part of processing. It's all there. So. You know, like to give you an example, Anthony Richardson had a quote in uh, the article from Dalton that said they want to see how fast you can recall things and notice certain things. He said one of the questions you had to look at six balls that they had highlighted and they move all over the screen. You had to pick out one of the uh, one of the balls and highlight them. And I'm like, this is Richardson thinking to himself, how can I focus on six balls at once? (laughs) It's like so there's a lot of different tests that are going on here. And it is. Certainly a tool of relevance, especially for those teams at the top of, uh, you know, at the top of the draft, taking quarterbacks in a a heavy draft here that has four of them. Uh, It seems to be the sticking point is there have been some data pieces posted. Now, there are nine different, as we said, testing points, but somebody posted one angle of the whole entire test where C.J. Stroud at an 18 percent, as opposed to like, uh, you know uh, Bryce Young had I think a ninety eight percent in some spot, and they they're using this to make sweeping conclusions about these guys, and I think that's where it gets a little dangerous, uh, especially you know as narratives latch on, and we have seen c j Stroud sort of go through about two weeks of uh, spoiling his name in the media a little bit here. I don't know who's doing this. It could be driven by some team, maybe oakland who I don't know who i I'm not trying to blame anyone, but it seems strange that the teardown of that's going on a CJ Stroud, And uh, the first thing I would say, Andrew, is what do you think of this test? Like, do you, do you like the angle here more than the wonder? Like, is it giving you unnecessary complexity to a decision that's already really complex? I'm curious your, your angle on uh, thought process on it. Cause I have, I have my own opinion on this So Go ahead.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think the, the big thing for me is, is the, you know, and I think the 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 point that Dalton does a really good job of highlighting in that article is that it this is a this is a, a piece, right? This is a piece of a larger evaluation. And so if you, you know, I, I think this has been said a lot, but I'll just say it again. If if you overweight, you know, one particular piece of your evaluation in any direction, you're making a mistake, right? So if you are so focused on um, you know, uh the 10-yard split, for example, we've had this conversation in regards to the browns and edge prospects right if the if you are so keyed in on on a threshold number for the 10 yard split that you're missing other pieces of the puzzle you're doing yourself a disservice because you're overweighting your evaluation in one direction towards one piece of data right i mean the entire idea of the the you know the bogeyman of analytics is to take multiple pieces of of information marrying both you know subjective scouting information and objective numbers into an overall picture of the player that's more robust than what you could achieve by just watching their film right so um you know i think if it's understood in that context it's really helpful and 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 it's clear that this is an improvement on i mean the wonder lick was an embarrassment that that was used for as long as it was it had been debunked right this the wonder lick was as useful as having people have their you know uh astrology charts uh read before they entered the league right like it just wasn't it was there was no predictive value whatsoever in that um uh this seems to to have
1: otherwise but
2: whatever (laughs) yeah i mean i'm not trying to like alienate any astrology fans i'm just saying specifically as it as it relates to quarterback play right like this your star chart might not be the most helpful thing my point is is that Uh, This this seems to be going further in terms of understanding, like how people process information, which is an important question to have answered. Right. But it is also not the only thing. I mean, you wouldn't you you, you're an Ohio State fan. You watched a lot of CJ Stroud. It doesn't look like he's having trouble, uh, like understanding the field or seeing the field or, or processing things when he's playing. So, you know, his results in this seem to really be at odds with other parts of his game that that like is what made him at one point, the odds on favorite to be the first overall pick. So I think it's a, you know, it's a, it's a really interesting, you know, um, balance between what does this piece of information tell us versus what does this piece of information tell us? And I would just say at a, at a high level that when the, this information comes out to the public and, and there are people on Twitter that look at a list of numbers next to a list of names and they say, okay, so this guy's going to be good and this guy's going to be bad. Got it. That's telling you how smart or dumb those people on Twitter are. It really doesn't speak to the intelligence of the players. It really speaks more to the intelligence of the people misunderstanding those results.
1: And there seems to be quite a few. I, I mean, at least I don't it's about how much weight you put into it. And now I would say that people on Twitter who who are using it to say, well, this is concerning or troubling are part of the problem to 100%. me, especially given given what we've seen, you know, today which was just we're not getting the full results like the the public is not getting anywhere near the amount of full result information teams are. And we'll never know the way teams value it. There's 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 some writing out there that, you know, certain teams value it a lot and they're they're using it heavily. And I get that. That's fine. But we don't really know. You know, this is the thing we take things that are said in the media when it's like full on smokescreen season where you just don't get anything real from any of these GMs about the draft or thoughts around it. And you, you you get this little piece of leaked information about one of the nine areas, and then you'll have somebody who's like, "Well, this is actually a really big negative for CJ Stroud. And you should be concerned." Okay, cool. If you want to do that, NFL teams aren't doing that. They're certainly not doing it as a big part of this whole picture of a prospect. So, I, I mean, it's a part of things that are helpful. I think I do think that this whole thing, and I don't know much about. I may, maybe I don't know ten percent of what I would need to know about this whole operation to feel score, confident jake. in giving a good take what's that
2: yeah, not a very mean. good score jake yeah 10 <laughs> percent.
1: but i i feel like there's so little known about this thing from the public's perception you see a number and it's like well hey what does an 18 percent really mean does it just right. mean that he's not good at remembering where the floating ball is uh when it moves across the screen with six different ones how does that really translate to what we're talking about with you know on field play so I, again you're gonna it's just driving whatever your thought process is if you think cj stroud's not a good prospect you you, you want to pick him apart you're going to add it to it the same with bryce young at the top of that leaked set of numbers that don't tell us what category they're from or the accumulative number like we don't know it's yeah. kind of annoying yeah. that that would be taking such a center stage today i'm kind of an, i'm really annoyed but i'm just annoyed for stroud in general who's going yeah. through and it happens every year it, yep. it, there's a prospect or two that gets picked apart at the top of this thing so um You know, like I'm saying, I'm annoyed by it, but hopefully CJ rises above it, lands at a place where he ends up being a pretty good football player. But I think this overall, the S2 feels like it's helpful. Mm. It's just how is the discussion around it from a public standpoint? Yeah. Uh is is can it can we find a way to make it not annoying, right? I don't know what that is, unless we get more information on how guys score. We need more information in general on the whole thing, right? So if Mm -hmm. a guy's putting up poor numbers. We need more sample size over years and years of and I'm sure NFL teams are doing this, too. They're they're looking at this data and trying to derive meaning from it. And it feels like it's too early to make significant. Uh, I mean, if a guy gets a 20 percent out of 100 uh, on on the, the cumulative whole thing, the whole operation, does that rule a prospect out? we could get there someday? Right. I'd like to think right now it's too early to do that, yeah. uh, given how long they've been running this whole operation. You know what I mean?
2: Totally. And I, yeah, it, it's new. So that's definitely important to underline. Um, And I also think like, it's just, a, it's another opportunity to, to remind ourselves that, you know, one of the other things here is that some people are good at tests. You know, some, some people sit down, uh, you know, in, in a stuffy classroom with a bunch of multiple choice questions and, and do well. And other people really struggle with that type of situation. And that's not reflective of intelligence, really. Um, just in the same way that that this is is probably not right, like so, are there? You know, I guess the way that I would frame this is: are there successful quarterbacks in the NFL that would that would or have scored on the lower end of this S two evaluation? I think the, the the answer is unquestionably yes, right? Like there are different ways to play the position, and there are different ways to acquire knowledge and understand information that don't conform to the way that any standardized test ever has been designed. And so I think it's important to understand this, as I said before, as just one small piece of the pie, you know, it's it's the same thing where every year everybody gets all geeked up about the scouting combine. And then, you know, they, they ask the general managers, how much of the evaluation is this? And it's like, Oh, it's like 5%. It's like, Oh, okay. So why are we all here then? Why, why are the cameras on? Cause this is, this doesn't matter, right? You just told us this doesn't matter. So um, you know, I, I think it is definitely silly season. Right. And I think, you know, to your point, every year there's a player or, or, you know, two that get really hurt through the, the end of the draft process. This isn't really the draft process. This is the poker game. Right. And yeah, they're, they're you know, right now teams are playing that game and it, it's, un, it's, it seems the most likely scenario to me seems to be that a team, you know, further back is has 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 heard you know that the the panthers sounds like they're they're leaning towards bryce young which means that stroud you know if if they can somehow finagle away to get stroud past the texans you know does he fall into their lap if it's a team like seattle or a team like las vegas right where they're in a position where they can kind of pounce all of a sudden and a player that they have as their top rated player in the draft is available to them without even having to trade up at five or seven or whatever the case may be as gross as it is it is absolutely worth it to those teams to shred the reputation of that player before they are the ones that go out and draft him and it happens every year as you said before I mean Laramie Tunsil is the all-time example of this right the day of the draft a video leaks of him smoking weed and everybody loses their minds and he's you know one of the most reliable left tackles in the game and just signed another gigantic contract so uh yeah I mean it happens every year and it right exactly it it happens every year and it and it sucks every year that this is one way that these teams manipulate this process to fit their own aims and it's
1: noteworthy to me that like cj stroud has said to your to your point about test takers he's like i i'm not good at madden he's like i suck at it i don't play it he's like, <laughs> like he's not a video game guy Yeah, exactly he doesn't do like so it's not it's really not earth-shattering news that he wouldn't do really really well in this test based on his own admissions right so but again like if you watch the tape of how cj plays it doesn't feel like he struggles getting his eyes to the right places and doing the right things that a quarterback exactly. traditionally has to do so there probably are some teams hoping that other teams are swayed and some seeds of doubt are planted for these uh especially for for stroud No, you know this seems like richardson was being picked apart there for a while but it has shifted over to stroud and you know Levis has started to climb the board. It's I, if, I, there's one little piece of this and we're going to talk about it after the break. It's that we're not involved in it cuz I hated <laughs> being involved in it. It was miserable Yeah, dating back and I couldn't imagine this S2 stuff coming out around around that circus that was right. the draft pick that the Browns made in 2018. Right. So anyway, we're going to take a quick break. We got a couple more topics to hit on uh, pertaining to the Browns a little bit more 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 closely. So we'll be right back.
0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: All right, so it seems as though Andrew Berry talked to the media. I mean, I think you could... <laughs> I made a joke in our Slack channel about our own Cody Sook, like if you uh cody's one of his answers felt like it came from chat gpt like if you put uh, a fake andrew Berry robot up there i feel like you would say a lot of the same things it's an absolutely miserable uh press conference where i think even the media has started to soften up on this because they know they there was a time where they were really rigid about and annoyed that they didn't get anything to write like again it's it's this peak season of 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 like it's not even at this point, the Browns are picking so low. There's not even, it's not even smoke season. It's just like, we don't know what the hell we're doing yet season in terms of like, I mean, there's, their 74th pick. What, what do you want us to tell you? Yeah. We're going to take an edge. Like, like, I don't even know what you would even get from it, I guess is my point. A uh, long, long way of saying they don't know because they don't know the situation uh, that far away in the draft to have a great indication of what they're going to do. So I mean, somebody even asked about, like, Will Anderson. He's like, yep, if he falls 73 picks, we're going to take him. <laughs> it's right. like, that's that's where we're at. There's not much to take from. It. Now, there's some things, like, he said that they're going to add an edge in the draft or in free agency in some way, shape, or form. I, I don't think that that should be, um, you know, that in defensive tackle should not be news to anybody, at least I would hope not, Andrew. But yeah. uh, he also talked about Kareem Hunt. Uh, a little bit saying uh, the question was asked and he said they're not closing the door on but to me that felt you, you tell me did that that felt more we don't want to say anything publicly that would offend a player than anything yeah. else. i cannot see yeah. them bringing him back
2: here right no no and i actually thought the interesting part of that was that he name checked jerome Ford by name he said you know we're really yeah. happy with where jerome's at so um you know i i i think our, our jack duffin has been sort of steadfast and he doesn't want you know, Jerome Ford to be one Nick Chubb uh, tweaked knee away from being the starter. But I think that might be the direction we're heading the more that it plays out. I, I think they they obviously, you know, have pretty high hopes for that guy being their, their number two running back this year I, I, is, is how it looks to me. I, not to say that they wouldn't add somebody, but if they added somebody in the draft, they're certainly going to be behind Ford on the depth chart unless they, seems unlikely to me it would be at 74 that they would add that player. So, um, you know, to me, Chubb, Ford... And then, you know, uh, draft or UDFA even as a three is 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 feeling possible in a way that it didn't really to me at the beginning of free agency. So, you know, that's the running back position. And I think, you know, I mean, one thing you can say about Nick Chubb is that he has been pretty reliable from an injury standpoint. Like he has fought through some stuff over the past few years. So, uh, you know, hard to worry about that too much. But, you know, maybe I'll be eating those words in September. I don't know.
1: <laughs> I I hope not. We're gonna knock yeah. on wood and do everything yeah. superstitiously we can. But it, there is you, there's a, lo- a love of Bryce Ford. But also uh Jerome Ford, sorry. Like it it is also possible they love a running back and they're just gonna take it, right? right. They're gonna take totally. a guy. It's totally. like we don't know because why would they tell us? Well, we're gonna take a back. We're gonna I mean it's just that that press conference and and, and even more teams around around the league andrew where it's yeah. like you know these guys who have real picks like what are you it's the it's the goofiest press conference ever i i right. hate it because right. it's awkward for everybody yeah. i get writers have a job to do right And right. they're trying to get something and gms have to do these pressers and yeah. they're trying not to give anything i guess you know unless your owner is jim ursa who just will tweet out the most <laughs> uh, most random things <laughs> right. you can possibly yeah. tweet yeah. Out. He, but he's again,
2: he's like hours away from tweeting out their draft board
1: it's it's possible. A picture with him smiling next to it yeah. or something. <laughs> uh, look at all the hard work the guys have put in. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> and, and like, uh, I, I guess the question above all else, because we're not really going to hyper focus on too much that Barry said, but I guess where are you with the draft? I talked yesterday to John about the Browns having the 31st there in terms of like uh, the top of the, the ranking is optimistic fan bases and the bottom is pessimistic. The Browns were 31st. So the only team behind them in the pessimism spot was the Raiders. And I think yeah. that, like, some of that ties into them being into the draft now, the second year without a pick that really matters. And again, not that they haven't done great things this offseason, but I, I think that, oh, uh, and I, th- that this is a little bit organized by, how Browns fans feel about the draft for years. And I mean, hell there was a movie made about this because <laughs> we're so in love with the draft because you can only be so bad for so long. Right. But it does suck. And I was thinking to myself yesterday uh, a little bit about, well, man, when these guys have a first round pick in 2025, like they're the, the most recent first round pick they would have is Greg Newsome who couldn't, you know, again, to be funny, but he could be traded for all we know. Right. He might not even be around. Right. So it's just it, three years without a first round pick is pretty significant. And they moved back to 68 last year. They've moved back to 74 this year. The, who knows? They, they again, as they gather assets, missing a first round pick, they hell they could, they could certainly trade back again next year. And it's like yeah. three straight years without a pick inside the top 50 would right. be really crummy. And it's like, uh, we're we're just I guess I'm asking you know how do you feel about the dra- we're about to go live at the OBR for every single pick it's just sort of sucks like I've been doing all the draft content in terms of writing up as much as I can and daily mocks and it's yeah. re- it's really not very fun now I, I yeah. would prefer that they win football games and you know Deshaun I guess the thing is to me Andrew before I, I let you take it is if Deshaun Watson turns out to play really really well I think that's where you can tell yourself like hey this was this was worth it but as we sit here you know, given up two, two straight drafts of early picks and we haven't seen great quarterback play yet. It's yep. kind of like, this is, this is a bummer. It's a, it's a real bummer, but maybe we'll feel different in December if things go according to plan.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's definitely a, a bummer. I mean, you know, uh, from just from a content, you know, perspective, and I mean, you really have borne the brunt of it because you've been doing a daily mock for, for two plus months now, three months, maybe, uh, <laughs> that, that grind when when the team you know isn't picking until 42 and then all of a sudden' it, you know all of a sudden then they, they they're like actually psych we're gonna we're gonna wait till 74 um you know it, it I think it's been really hard to get the same level of excitement because you kind of just know when you're picking 74 the pressure is really on to even get a player that can contribute at that point um you know hats off to them for obviously making a, a, a hell of a selection in Martin Emerson last year. Who, who seems like he's going to be a player for a long time. Uh, but, you know, um, it, it. you're just kind of putting yourself in a position where you have to hit on some of these mid-round picks in a way that if you have a first-round pick and a second-round pick, you know, you can really expect those investments to pay off. And and then, you know, you're okay with the the, the later-round picks being more of a coin flip, but the Browns don't have that luxury because they don't have those picks. So um, I, I I think... Yeah, obviously, by the time September rolls around, it's a moot point. But I do think that, in a way, it's it's maybe the the brightest possible spin I could put on this. Jake is that maybe it's good for us because for so long, the draft was maybe more important than the season. Uh, and you know, I remember getting, I am I am absolutely uh, proud enough or or whatever, shameless enough to admit that I was excited when they selected Johnny Manziel. Um. And I was excited when they selected Baker Mayfield. So what do I know, man? Like the draft is a crapshoot and having that be sort of the center of your football life is probably not the best thing. So the fact that we can kind of shrug our shoulders at whatever happens next week, um, as I said before, not great for us being in the business of creating content for the Browns, but it's really okay in terms of like, let's just let the season speak for itself. The incredibly highly paid and expensive, both in terms of money and draft picks, quarterback is the guy that we're all just waiting to see, and that maybe that's okay.
1: I always found it funny when people would get mad at people about being excited about the draft. Hey, what does the team give us to be excited about for five other months? Exactly. When we're actually playing games. So let me be excited about the potential of a draft pick. God, that used to annoy me so much. Yeah, maybe we're hopefully we're in a different spot where. Yeah, We have the fun for the five months and and instead of the the contrary here where we're picking apart, you know, draft picks and all that stuff. But again, it's it's not surprising to me that Browns fans would be pessimistic, given that there's just nothing to look forward to with the draft. I mean, even I think I prefer it this way this year where we have made the decision, uh, the decision's already been made to trade back where last year was like, all right, 42, pumped about it, right? right early right. in the... And then they drop all the way back to...
2: Right. All yeah, the way that, back to pick... That was games. letting that the was, air out of a balloon for sure, especially because there were players on the board at that selection that, mm-hmm. you know, you really, really liked. And I actually was thinking about that. I mean, and while we're talking draft, I mean, I know that there were off-field concerns with George Pickens, but like, you don't need to make the Elijah more trade if you select George Pickens last year. So the Browns potentially yeah, but
1: then they couldn't pick Perry on Winfrey and Cade York.
2: <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Well and yeah, obviously, you know, you you've you right you, right there, you've you've you they still hit their allotment of off field trouble guys with with Winfrey and they still and they added other picks. So but they they crossed that off their yeah. list of like a guy that is going to be more trouble off field than he's ever going to be good on the field. So that's it's nice. But yeah, just thinking like Pickens and then keeping 42 and having 42 this year and maybe somebody, you know, fall one of those edge guys that's like a you know, borderline first second guy falls to you at 42. Boy, it's going to be hard to 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 make the argument at the end of this draft that that's preferable to to what they ended up doing. Although they did hit one out of the park with Emerson.
1: They did, so it'd be interesting to see if how long Emerson would have stuck around on the board. If they loved him, would he have been there at their right. next pick? Right? right, would have been at the, at would have been Alex the David Wright Bell pick. pick or the right Alex Wright right pick? pick. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe they hit both of them at that point. You never know. Would have been right. Nice yeah, pick, Pickens and Emerson.
2: Yeah. So then now you're only just down right, and then you go get that edge this year with 42. Whether that's you know yeah, Ojibar it's an interesting what if yeah. did it
1: yeah did a complete what if the other day uh i think last weekend so it is we got to get for the thing i figured out is even three years away from a draft you don't know enough about it quite yet for sure yeah you need another i think four years is the threshold but yeah i mean we that's the biggest problem at that point last year like like alec pierce right there was sky Moore on the board we're looking at a lot of receivers from a lot of different angles and right and they had moved out of that pick and you know, it would have been. Mm-hmm. I think the Texans came up and picked John Mechie, who uh, right. unfortunately was diagnosed with was he Hodgkin's lymphoma? I think it was what he was diagnosed right. with. I,
2: yes, well, and I man. haven't heard whether he's going to be back this season or not. I haven't heard anything. It's about It's been that. really quiet on that front. Yeah, I, haven't I seen hope anything he's doing okay.
1: Yeah, we'll see. Maybe they maximize it, but but again, I again I like understand why people are. Eh, I'm not really into the draft. Sure. It's, been, sure. it's been lighter from yeah. a bunch of different angles there and I will be curious to see now our second year seeing the first pick of the draft being pick 74 people going to treat that like last year it was treating guys like Perry on Winfrey and some of these others David Bell right these guys are like being treated like first round picks and it's like they're not your first pick man just because they have the first pick happened in the third round doesn't mean you should be like David Bell's gonna have like 700 yards like okay All right, that's a great expectation, I guess. This guy's a fourth round, like pretty much a fourth round receiver. Right, right. You think he's going to blow up just because you picked him at a certain point doesn't doesn't always mean. So we're we're reconditioning our thought process. So listen, that's every piece of rambling that we have about the NFL draft. We'll do one more of these. I guess we'll have the first round. So maybe we'll get together next week after the first round and try to yuck it up about the happenings of that first round in your next franchise mode.
2: And I will just say, I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I agree with you that it has been weird back-to-back years, you know, having this sort of a feeling to it. But I do think still there'll be plenty to to learn from next week, um, you know, in, in terms of the, the, there's the open question about the age guardrails, uh, you know, whether or not they're able to swing a trade for a veteran player, which I, I think is very much mm-hmm. still on the table, uh, especially you know, depending on how things go for other teams. Um, so you know, I, I I'm still. You know, for those of us that are sort of you know hopelessly enamored with this team for no good reason, uh, there's still plenty of stuff to look for and I you know I think it, it it'll still be interesting and tell us a lot about kind of their plan and where they're headed. So I think you know next week we'll have the first round to react to and then the week after that we'll kind of have this the full scope because it would be the full draft and then whatever free agency moves that they make after the the draft stuff didn't hit. And then I think we'll have kind of a clear picture of the full offseason. We can kind of wrap it up and and then we really start the long wait until September when they kick it off.
1: Yeah, it'll it'll move quick. It, next week in particular, will uh, the first round will paint some pictures here. But yeah, then after that it's it's just going around the league and looking at what teams did and if they did enough because uh this is the, the draft comes and goes pretty quickly and then you look at it and you're like, well, they they didn't get this position. And that's what a lot of us do. We try to forecast right positions and all that stuff and and then there's like oh they still have this gaping hole that they need to figure out so it'll be uh, definitely things to learn to your point a lot of things to still take away and i continue to say it i'll say it all the time if deshaun watson is who he is we'll never care if he is not who he thought he was it will always be something we'll talk about for decades from now so hopefully above all else the quarterback plays really well and we'll never care about not having a pick in the first round for three straight drafts so anyway that's a wrap for franchise mode he's andrew spade you know me i'm jake we appreciate you being here on a on a random saturday for us not often we do these on saturdays we'll get back to friday next week so um continue to check out everything going up at the obr a lot of draft coverage over the next week should have a fun week of dueling mock drafts and other things that we'll put up to try to get you prepared for every plausible outcome for your browns in the draft Uh, Plenty of draft profiles still going up. Check those out. Jack Duffin's doing his most likely pick at pretty much every position based on the guardrails. So everything you need to know, conceivably need to know about who the Browns will pick, players that are available, the range at which they could be available. We're trying to cover all of that for you as best we can. Uh, Pretty fun time of year, even if it's not as uh, not as busy as some of us would like it to be. So Thanks for checking out this podcast. We'll be back again. Brad Ward, things I think I know about the Cleveland Browns for your Sunday episode. Check out John Colosimo yesterday if you missed it. Like I said, once again, thanks for being here and appreciate you guys. Have a great Saturday. Go Browns.